hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Riley Pierce over Zoom video. Riley was born and raised in Perth, and he talks about how he got into music. He grew up in a very musical household. His dad was in an Ozzy Osbourne cover band. He was the guitar player and singer. His uncle was a guitar player. He started playing guitar at a very early age. He has a funny story about how he started playing left-handed because he was trying to mirror the guys on TV and then had a guitar teacher a couple years later. I mean, he was super young, but he had a guitar teacher a couple years later when he was really, really trying to learn and go, huh, you know, I think you're right-handed. <laughs> so he ended up starting to play right-handed. He talked about busking. He would play different farmer's markets and just on the street to people. He told us a story about his first time in a recording studio. He talked about releasing his massive song, Brave, and how that song absolutely took off for him and putting out the Outside the Lines EP. He ended up recording two full EPs in March of 2020, and then obviously the world shuts down. So at least he had a couple records to kind of release through the pandemic. But during the pandemic, Riley rented a house on the southwest coast of Australia and he went in there and wrote and recorded his whole new album, The Water in the Rough. He had a group of friends there recording the record. They shot a little documentary about it. And they were using sounds from the house. Because it wasn't set up as a recording studio. So they are using sounds from the house. And they implemented them into the record. Like the gravel of the driveway. Or the crackling of the fire that they're having at night when they're eating. Even tapping on their friend's collarbone. That made the record. So very, very cool. And the beautiful music video he put out as well for the song Keep Moving. And not to mention, and not to mention, Riley's also giving away on his Instagram his very first guitar. The first guitar he bought with the money he earned from busking. And this is the guitar he wrote the entire Outside the Lines EP on. So this is the guitar that he wrote Brave on, which is incredible that he's giving this away. I can't believe it, but. That's up on his Instagram, Riley Pierce Music, at Riley Pierce Music. And you can watch our interview with Riley Pierce on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Riley Pierce. Hey, what's up, Riley? How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. But no. Nah. Oh, I appreciate it from your, your end too. Okay. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, you can hear me, hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well we, he's kind of trapped in here. He doesn't want to be in here, but he... um. He's gonna whimper and, and cry by the door. <laughs> and we've we've got a um, a five month old inside the house. I'm just in like the little separate studio room we have built out back, and um, he's gonna be fussy if, if I'm not inside. But he'll also be fussy if he's out here. So he's a very needy dog. Uh, all good. All good. I love his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Like the middle part, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I'm, I'm Adam and uh, this podcast is about you and your journey in music. And I want to talk to you about 
the new record and I was just watching the music video that you did for Keep Moving. What a beautiful, it's like a film. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty special footage. Um, yeah, yeah, I was like, lucky enough to, um, yeah, partner with this awesome, awesome ultra marathon runner and they had some footage of, of a run and, and the song was all about running. So everything just kind of fitted together really nicely. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, she's just, she's running through like nothing, like there's no one around. It's the most beautiful scenery and like those huge, like those aerial shots and she's like this big and you can kind of see yeah. her running. And then, yeah, it's such a cool video. Yeah. It's crazy. She was on the most recent season of um, Survivor, the Australian version of Survivor as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, That's um, cool. That's awesome. They yes. still do that show. I have, dude, I haven't had cable television <laughs> in like nearly 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Wow. Well, again, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, so you born and raised, I, I take it in where, what part of Australia? Sydney, is that what I read? No, I was, I was born oh. in Melbourne, but I've- Oh, I you were born have, in Melbourne, okay. Yeah, but I, I've lived in Perth, which is on the other side of the, the country. Oh, I'm totally uh, off, man. I'm not even close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> that, that's all good. Okay. Um, so born yes. in Melbourne. So how long did you live there for? Uh, maybe the first eight years of my life. Spent a few years eight. living when I, when I was really little in in like the Netherlands. Um, but oh, cool. Then, then moved back to to Perth. Moved a bit for my dad's work, and and then kind of settled settled in Perth. And I was maybe eight, and have pretty much lived here since. Okay, cool. I did see that you uh, your dad was a musician, right? He played in cover bands and stuff. Yeah, he used to play in like he played in like an Aussie rock cover band um, with like some other dads from my primary school. And um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, what did he play, play? Like, play? He played rhythm guitar and sang, and um, yeah, they were they they, sang, they were pretty good. They played all the like not that I went, but they played at all the like parents' fortieths and fiftieths and whatnot. And they were <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. So you obviously did you grow up watching him play? Uh, not too much because uh, my bedtime was usually before they'd play or whatnot. But um, okay, yeah, there was always like music in the house, and and same as like my uncle played guitar and, and a bunch of bands too. So um, yeah, it was, it was the music was always in the house. Okay, when did you start playing music then? Uh, I well, I picked up guitar like uh, maybe when I was about five or six or something. But I was. I picked it. I did. I'm right-handed, but I picked up the guitar left-handed because I thought, like, if I was watching someone on TV, and oh, like, you like one end them? was, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, got it. Okay. And so I, I, I did that for like the first two years when I was in Melbourne, and then when we moved over, the guitar teacher I had at school saw me play and was like, I, "He does everything else right-handed. I think I should swap him over." So we did. And, Oh wow! And, did yeah, you buy so, a lefty guitar and everything so you can match the guy? Or no, were you like, uh, how I don't are know. You I think, doing that? Yeah, I think I had a right-handed guitar, but the strings we just put upside down. Yeah, and That's it was funny. like one of those, yeah, classical guitars. So it didn't really have like the pick guard or um, like a, a certain cutaway in any area. So okay, you just strung it the other way. That's yeah, interesting. Pretty, that, like having your dad be a guitar player, he's just like, oh, mate, just he's just doing it left-handed. Let's just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my my dad's actually left-handed with a few things too. Um, oh, so, so maybe, maybe he, he thought that my paper. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So you, how old were you when you started playing guitar? I mean, left-handed, I guess. When did that start? Oh, how old were you? Oh, maybe like five or six. So really young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it wasn't yeah, like you were fourteen but, or something, nah, and nah. then you had to like two years in, you had to switch over. Okay. No, not at all. Not at all. And no, it was 
so you started you said you had a guitar teacher in primary school yeah yeah just like a, teaching me chords and, and things like that it was very much yeah not like in school it's just like a guy like around town or something no it was actually in school there yeah yeah it was, it was, oh wow i had, had someone there yeah that, I, you know i had like yeah just like a resident guitar teacher that would come in a few days a week and teach the kids who wanted to really play. that's really mm. cool very very yeah. cool so you uh well when do you start writing songs and playing aside from I, learning the guitar yeah i started writing i was doing like street street performing at um sort of yeah just at like farmers markets and things like that and and loved um yeah i really loved that like i love like playing songs my own versions of songs and whatnot and um yeah from there i just wanted to start writing my own songs and and seeing if i could like slip them into um my set or, or just and see if anyone would notice and um and then the more i did that the more i like really got involved in like trying to figure out like the next steps of recording and, and playing mm -hmm. a gig and like open mic nights and stuff like that and trying to like and i was getting a good response for some of my songs so i was like oh like what's the, like each time i was like what's the next step what's the next step so sure. i was really like trying to soak in like everything and so i was probably maybe like 16 or 17 when i started writing my own songs and um and then maybe recording maybe when i was 18 19 or something was my first like recording in a studio experience and um, okay. yeah for, from there i just kind of like loved the whole process of it and figuring out how everything worked and um it was like you'd get these like street i don't know if you have them street press things where it's like might be like a, a magazine at the front of like a music uh, like yeah, a yeah, record yeah. store or something yeah uh -huh. and it has all we the, had those the, gigs and stuff and yeah they're, they're not as popular i think now but um i know with the yeah. internet and everything that's yeah. what kind of bums me out is like i so enjoy having like the physical thing like it's so much cooler to like open a magazine and then see like <laughs> oh you know riley's playing at the blah 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 like that's something that you'd want to keep if it's just like some p internet page it's like that's yeah. cool but I mean, how much cooler would it be? You know, I, 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 the thing with I see like in Rolling Stone, like people having like articles on Rolling Stone. I'm like, that's like, don't get me wrong, that's the coolest thing ever. But imagine yeah. having the physical Rolling Stone magazine. And oh yeah. Thing, you know what I mean? It's just like a totally different level. I feel yeah, like it's definitely. getting lost. Yeah, and and for me too, I was like, like when I was starting out, I like if I'd open those things and I'd see all the gig listings in the town and like the venues that I knew like my kind of music was played at and. If I saw like some names that I didn't know, then I would like highlight them and then or I'd like write them down on a list and I'd go check out their music and I would just like be so trying to soak in like as much of the different music in, in my area that was going on and, and whatnot. Oh, that's as cool. I, could, to try and think. Like, was, I feel like not a lot of people do that anymore. I mean, even, you know, like to find new artists and like actively go and, and watch them play and really see what they're doing. I think that's awesome. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a, felt like a chore by the end of it, but it was like it was like uh, it was so, you really you really had to like. And I, mean, I wasn't going to every gig, but it was like I, I I was like at least like looking up what they sounded like and be like, oh, that'd be great to play a show with, or like, like yeah, and trying to um, yeah, really like immerse myself in the scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's so. You said you were playing what like farmers markets, kind of doing cover gigs, street performing. And then mm. when, when did you realize, like when you started sprinkling your own songs, is that when you started seeing a response from people and being like, oh, like this is kind of like, what was that? When did you start getting validation that like you 
we're doing what you should be doing as far as like songwriting and people are responding to it? Um, well, uh, yeah, I was kind of playing some shows and, and people were enjoying the song. Like, I, I, yeah, from, from writing a few songs, I, I then started like playing a few songwriter nights or whatnot around town. And um, I think from that, yeah, pe- people, I, I, I got like some good responses from it and, and started thinking, all right, well, like maybe the next step is to record some of the songs and, and I really wanted something like um, I really at, at that point when I was doing a lot of basking, I loved like artists like Passenger who had, mm. had, had done a lot of that stuff. And and I always loved the like the discovery element of discovering a new artist. And like if you discover someone on the street playing, like that's like an even better thing because it's like, sure. oh, the, like I've just stumbled upon this like absolutely amazing artist when I was just going around running errands or something like that. Like it's 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 a pretty cool thing. So. Um, and I wanted to like give something back to the people who were always at the farmers markets or something like that, dropping some coins in, and and um, yeah, so I, I started recording, and I wanted to create a CD that I could give to them, and that's kind of how the how the snowball started. And was that the first uh, EP you put out? Was that the one from twenty sixteen, the Outside the Lines album, or was that no? Later? That was it, that was later. So they, this one was okay. Uh, I was gonna say. Yeah, this one I, I did. Was saying, you hit it out of the park on the first record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I, I wish. No, the first one um, I put out was one called, it was like an EP called We Are Fools, which had a bunch of songs that, um, yeah, like I, I liked the songs. I just, it was very, like I was so raw to the whole recording right. studio. I'd never, never been in there before or had any idea. So I felt like I didn't really... Uh, get to control things the way I wanted to. I, I almost like handed the reins over to the guy who was producing because I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know how everything worked. So the sound that I got at the end, whilst I was like amazed to just hold a CD with my songs right, on, sure. as you are and it's like the first thing you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I was very much after that. I was like, you know what? Like that was a great experience, but I know exactly how I want to do things now. And and I've yeah, and so I started trying to be way more like intentional with with the recording and and going into it, having done a bit more research and and yeah, and building the songs beforehand rather than just get arriving to the studio with four songs on an acoustic guitar that I didn't think much of any other element. To. Right. I mean, you go in there, you don't know. You're like, all I know is this is how the song goes. And I play it on the guitar and I sing it. So let's roll. Like, was it yeah. intimidating going to the studio the first time? Or were you just oh, excited? Ma- nah, massively intimidating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just that like fear of the unknown and knowing that all these other people are way more important to you. And when you're starting out and you see like, oh man, like it costs so much for a, a day in a studio. Like you're like, I want to make the most of my time and, and this person must know what they're doing because they're so expensive sort of thing. So you're like, right. yeah, you, you really, and, and it's like you rock up there and there's, they've got just mountains and mountains of gear. So you're like, oh man, I have no idea what anything does. So you're just like, yes, it can be quite intimidating the first time. Sure. Sure. And then when you finished that CD and you had the CD, were you just playing more shows around your, your hometown? Yeah, I did like a launch for that CD and that went really well. And, and then I just, yeah, started playing more shows. I tried to do a little like tour over east to Melbourne and, um, yeah, and then just worked towards the next songs and that's when things really kind of started to, to take off a bit, I think. Um, that Yeah, the Outside the Lines uh, 
EP and the first song off that that I put out was a song called Brave and that really helped to like get things moving with my career and um, yeah and from there it was so when that when you put out Brave was that like I'm just looking at the numbers via Spotify and it's like you know upwards of 37 million plays which is like blows my mind and I'm sure you too it's crazy yeah Yeah. Uh, with something like that like tell me when that how that started like when you put it out and like, how does the ball start rolling? Yeah, well, I put that song out and I didn't have like any management or any, I think I might've just gotten like a booking agent or something. Um, and, but I didn't have anyone else in my team. Like I was sending that song. I had like a list of all these like blogs that I'd seen like other like folk artists gets like featured on or whatnot. So I was messaging them being like, Hey, like I know you've written about this artist. Like I've just released this song. Um, like if you if you like it, can you share it or whatnot? And mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then I think I got a, a one called uh, it was a book called Indie Shuffle or something. Like that. Oh, here's Tandy. He's, he's just really <laughs> attention. Um, yeah, just uh, they Your dog's the hair is so good. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but it, yeah, <laughs> it looks like a wig, man. I know. Yeah, it's like a, it's like naturally falls that way. It's like it's ridiculous, but he looks like a Fabio of like. Dog. <laughs> I was say, yeah, it's like, um, have you seen that movie Blades of Glory with oh, yeah. uh, Will Ferrell? Yeah. yeah, that's his hair reminds me of that. Yeah. He has like that comb that's like made out of like an elephant tusk yeah. or something like that. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> anyway, so good. All right, sorry. So, so you got you got on no, a, no. you got on a blog. Uh, you you were yeah. sending us the blogs, and then Indie Shuffle. You said was the one. Yeah, I think they shared it, and that like that kind of it wasn't like there was never like one massive like moment where the song just kind of it was more like some small stepping stones like got a nice blog feature then maybe a few other small ones and then this austrian duo did like a remix of it that went kind of well and then like the original got added to like a good playlist on spotify and then um like a few syncs and stuff like that so there was like a few small things like here and there that over the course of time like really helped that song yeah and then do you do you put out the outside the lines EP like after the momentum of that song is going, like or was uh, it like or did you put the whole EP out and then that one just kind of made like started to kind of do more because yeah. I mean like there's other songs in that record that have a ton of streams too obviously but that one yeah. farly ex- it exceeds it yeah, quite yeah. a bit yeah, um, but I mean it's not songs. like the other, <laughs> but it, it's not like the other ones have like you know a couple of thousand plays it's like there's a handful of songs on the record that have well over a million plays so it's not like the whole thing didn't do anything except for yeah, the one because yeah. you'll see that with people it's like one song is like and then the other yeah. ones are like you know not nearly close i mean the, obviously the record was well received and same with everything you did after the fact but uh mm. was it like you put that out it starts doing well and then you're like okay that that's awesome let's put the whole ep out and then that obviously continues doing well well yeah like i said like i was like I didn't have a manager or anything. So I was like figuring things out for myself. So I put the song out first, that Brave was mm-hmm. the first song off the EP. And then I maybe put another song out maybe three months later. And then the EP came out like three months after that. But I didn't have a plan. I didn't like know what to do when the song was getting a bit of traction. I, like I was just like, all right, cool. Maybe maybe I'll send it like to more people. Or maybe I'll just right. like, uh, now, now I need to like think about the next batch of songs I'm going to record or so yeah so it's it like was triple j a thing in your in your like was that something you attempted to put the song out to yeah i never really got that much traction for my music 
on Triple J until maybe like a few releases after after that oh, EP. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, I think a song called Misplaced was like the first one that got rotation there. And then I've, more recently, I've had a song called Bottle It Up get quite a bit of play on on Triple J. But um, yeah, not for not for Brave or um, any of that stuff. It all kind of mostly came through like just like yeah, the, the streaming platforms and and yeah just non non radio world that's cool that's interesting so what yeah. did you get management after the song was taking off eventually uh, like assembling a team after that it, probably not until maybe like two years after the song was released did i get like a manager yeah i was just i just i had like a booking agent for a bit but uh i kind of enjoyed doing it all myself and then now that a song was doing well like I, I enjoyed like learning all the different aspects of how management worked but I, I was like starting to have different discussions with people and and thinking uh, like yeah who I'd want to work with but nothing really like no one came banging at the door super quickly I don't okay think. yeah so after that record does well is it just like okay well did you have a manager when your second EP came out or is it still the same thing uh yeah 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 I had a manager when my second EP came out yeah. okay so when you, that was eastbound that's the second one yeah and then, yeah, so that, w- what changed with that record aside from having the, obviously the management, was it like a different approach when you went in the studio or, uh, yeah, was it a big moment from that record? Yeah. I had a uh, producer like Hayden Callan, uh, like uh, an artist in, in his own right. That's like amazing, amazing songwriter, like amazing production wise. And I really wanted him to like, I, well, originally actually I, I asked, or I, I don't know if I asked him or, but I just had the idea of working on Brave with him and oh, interesting. then, yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I asked him and he might've been, he might've just been busy working on his own stuff or something like that. But anyway, I can't recall. And so I got him for the next batch of songs and, and the Eastbound EP. And um, yeah, so I always wanted to work with him and then, yeah, this was my, my chance I thought. So um, we recorded those songs and yeah, I was stoked with how it turned out. Yeah. And just to real quickly kind of go through the rest of the, the- yeah. Landing songs on the next CP. So tell me just a quick milestone from that, or was there a big change, a big uh, moment that happened from there? Yeah, that was more like I really wanted like the songs to, to hold. Like I think the previous EP was very more like a bit more production focused. And this one, I was like, I want the songs to really stand more acoustically. So there's a bit more of a raw sound in, in those ones. Yeah, and then you put out the acoustic EP, right? Just yeah. some of the <laughs> old songs too that you just re- yeah. re-recorded acoustic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, because I know your new record, from what I'm reading about the new record, is you rented a house. And I, I really want to talk to you because I'm super interested yeah. in like this whole process. But you also put a record out, what, in 2021 and 2020? Or was it just 2021, loving all that stuff? Yeah, so I put two EPs out. I was pretty. Oh, maybe I can it. sleep it off. Yeah, like yeah, so. Were, yeah. were those two records? Where do those come in play versus the the EP that or that record that you're releasing? Uh, yeah, coming up so, at like at the end of the week. So I was really lucky timing wise that I recorded the two EPs, those two ones. Maybe I can sleep it off and love and all that stuff. Um, in like early March, 2020, right before like. The pandemic kind of oh, shut wow. everything down so i was like so you recorded both did you know you're going to split them up into two eps yeah I, I knew from the start they were going to be split up so uh, but i just had like this i think originally i was going to do it as an album but they just as i was like picking the songs i was like nah they're too 
like they, they kind of fall into two concepts. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put them out as two separate EPs. And so, yeah, I was super lucky that I had recorded like 12 songs before everything shut down. And mm-hmm. that, and so that worked out really well for me. And um, yeah, and those, so those songs, um, yeah, they were just like, I was just a different chapter in my life. I think those, those ones versus the, the new album, the, the new album is very much like it's, uh, got its own story and and mm-hmm. sound and and yeah that's interesting okay so you had both of those and you're like okay well i know i have these records so i have because the world shuts down and everyone's like uh you know what's gonna happen at least you kind of had like a, a a bit of stuff to work with you can be like okay i'm gonna put this ep out and then i'll have some time and then i can put this ep out uh but when do you decide like you know i just wrote two eps in march and recorded them all and let's do another record like yeah you must be constantly writing yeah well i mean that's the thing when the world shuts down and you can't play any shows you, you kind of have to, <laughs> the only other side that I, that I know is writing so um and it's weird too like it's a weird place to be in where you're like so often you're like you're, you're touring and writing about experiences of traveling traveling around and playing shows and stuff like that and then all of that's like taken away and you're just like stuck inside an apartment and you're like how do I write these songs about things I'm experiencing in like in a world where I can't like do much experience like, anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I was just like writing heaps, and I was, um, yeah. I, Were you just like, pulling from like you know uh, like past life experiences? Like, how do you even navigate that? Are you watching TV and kind of like pulling you know ideas from <laughs> that? Like, like where are you getting inspiration from? Yeah, well, the, the album was very much centered around like me and my partner. We uh, made the move from Perth to Melbourne at the end of 2019 to, okay. to like we we planned on like we built built it up for ages and, and planned for it. And then, um, yeah, we, we were thinking we might do maybe like three or four years over there. And I, I like most of the music scene is over in the East Coast. So I was like, all right, cool. Like my career is going really well now. I think I can like head over there and try and like get a bit more of a leg up and, and mm-hmm. try and establish my, myself a bit more. And she was studying um, nutrition and, and her uni was over there. So she was mostly doing it remotely from Perth. And so she wanted to finish that off over there. And so it, it made sense for us to go do that. And then we kind of moved over at the end of 2019 then the pandemic hit and and we were, we were just like, all right, cool. Like Melbourne's like taught to like, or like, yes, it's, it's said to be one of the most livable cities in the world. And then like we've moved there and everything shuts down and we know this thing's yeah. going to like hang around for ages and, and it kind of takes takes away the appeal of Melbourne in a lot of ways. And especially when you're like, yeah, living in, in an apartment for a bit. And so we lived there for a year through like quite a full on lockdown. And um, and it was yeah quite hard for my partner who was uh, like, from the moment we got there, she was working and studying full time, both from home and mm. didn't know, know many other people like in, in Melbourne going through the same thing or didn't have a chance to make friends and stuff like that. So it was quite hard on her. So the whole album is like this like kind of the first half is this build up to go on this massive adventure and then the second half is like things somewhat like falling apart and, mm. ha- and how we kind of like dealt with that and and then eventually deciding to move back to Perth. So it's like a... They're the kind of main themes running through this this album. So I, I definitely had, yeah, I always had stuff to write about, and and I, I write, I'm always writing a lot, and all, and always like thinking of different things. Like there's so many random thoughts that enter my head that I want to write songs about. And, mm-hmm. um, that that's half the challenge is trying to figure out ways to do that. 
Sure. Before we did that, or before we really started, you said that there's a five month old sleeping what in the other room. Is that did you have did you have a kid over the course of the last uh, year or two? Yeah, yeah, we did in uh, wow, December. That's a huge yeah. moment too. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, so yeah that probably added to quite a bit of stress throughout the pandemic as well. Yeah, well, that was yeah five months ago. It was kind of more a bit more on the end of like the kind but of. But then nine months prior to that, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, looking at about a year and nearly a year and a half. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, it's 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 been. We're both pretty chill, and Australia is like pretty lucky in terms of how the pandemic's affected them compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the world. So, we definitely like consider ourselves lucky. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, but congratulations! It's so awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, tell me about. Okay, so when do you decide? You guys what rented a house or something? You 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 rented an area and just went. Okay, we're gonna move here. We're gonna spend some time here, and we're gonna. I'm gonna write and record a record. Is that what happened? Yeah. So when I did the um, landing songs EP, I um, I recorded that with a guy called Garrett Cato, who's also an amazing musician um, and an awesome bloke. And uh, in, he lives on the other side of the country, so I moved uh, across there for a week or two, and we just recorded it, and it was great. Like I loved the idea of like just like putting your life on hold and going and recording and being in a new location and all of that like landscape and just that feeling of being somewhere new creates this like amazing excitement and, and, and you can like channel that all into the, to the record. And I wanted to do that. And all the songs had a real like wintry kind of feel to them. So it was like, like the Southwest of Western Australia is an amazing place. I'm not sure if you've ever been, but it's like some really nice, like rugged beachy landscapes. And um, there's a lot of like surf coasts down there and, um, What's the, I, there's a, a like a pretty big city right kind of at the bottom there what, what is that one or am i like tripping Mar- margaret river or no, uh, i don't remember yeah i interviewed somebody that was the inter- uh psychedelic porn crumpets they're from there oh, yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and he was saying like he was funny just because he was like they were open and like all of the rest of uh australia wasn't for a long time because there was a small percentage of people there i yeah. just can't remember the town but sorry <laughs> yeah no no that's so good um yeah it, yeah there's a lot of very small towns on the bottom of australia, yeah, bottom of australia. Um, okay so was that kind of where you're at or you said you're on the west coast yeah we're on the west coast and like the southwest so there's like margaret river and all those kind of areas um okay and um yeah it was great like in i love like everyone was in the house who was like part of the recording and um like we'd have different musos come and go and and it, it was a really lovely like and we also had like a um a lovely couple who were recording like a the documentary for um like the making of the of the album and um yeah it was just so nice ever, not having to do like the commute back and forth to the studio every day and everyone just like living in the house and and like immersing yourself in the landscape and and yeah, having to deal with like the house wasn't like a recording studio. It was mm-hmm. it was a house. So like we had to deal with like the wind coming through the chimney and stuff. So we stuffed it full of cushions and and there's like <laughs> different like things that we had to just like deal with. And like the house obviously has like a certain sound to it too. So that just means that everything on the EP, oh, sorry, everything on the album um, like has this like cohesive sound to it that like it's yeah and it's like it's just really captured that that time and place 
That's so really cool. Nice. Yeah, you kind of described it in a quote I saw, like having like you can hear the floorboards and like the gravel of the driveway. Like that's all probably just things that are happening as you guys are what recording the record, right? Yeah, and we like also lent into it too. So we were like, you know what? Like the opening song is a song called Kindling, which has some like we we often like a few of the nights that we were there, we had like a fire going outside, and we ate dinner outside around the fire, and and um. So we've like recorded some of the fire just crackling and then just oh, laid that cool. laid that into the track and like other stuff like that. We, um, yeah, we it was just like I love those like tactile like different sounds that you hear in a record that like mm-hmm. yeah it just like sets it apart a bit or like you 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 don't you might not hear it on the first like three times that you listen to the song but then the fourth time you're like was that a fire like yeah yeah, like, yeah I like, like that little Easter egg yeah, type deal That's yeah cool. exactly. And I've, uh, what's the story behind this, your friend's collarbone and the taping of your friend's collarbone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how did yes. somebody break their collarbone? <laughs> no, they didn't break the collarbone. Like, the oh. collarbone was still very much attached to their body. Um, <laughs> when they did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Cedric and Melody, who are the wonderful couple that, like, recorded the documentary. At the end of maybe, like, the second last day of filming or something, we, we were all, like, I think we maybe had like a wine or something like that and and we were playing some games and maybe eating by the fire. It was a very late night because we were trying to cram everything left in and they were, they were like, I think Cedric, who is, um, yeah, he is a funny guy who came up to me. He's like, hey, Riley, like, do you think I could maybe like record something like on the album, just like a sound, just to like put in somewhere? And I was like, all right, what, like, what's the sound that you want to do? And then he's like, oh, I have to think about it. And then he came back and and Melody, I don't know what we were talking about, that Melody was like, oh, my, my collarbone, like she's, she always had had the skill where she thought she had like a very cool sounding collarbone, which is such an absurd thing to like say. <laughs> have but, you heard my collarbone? This thing is crazy. Uh, <laughs> it should yeah. make an album itself. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it sounded amazing. So, there's a song, uh, Stone on Stone is the song that her collarbone is like this, like kind of like dull, like pulse, like tapping thing. Oh and, yeah. And it, it sounds really cool. Like it, um, we were like, everyone kind of like laughed when she said that. And then like, she, she taps it. And then like Andy and I like look at each other and we're like, that sounds really cool. It sounds like, like this pulse just like kind of sitting through the song and, and it was really nice. So you add, that's so cool. So you add yeah. like just the, sound to the, yeah. to the record so it's, That's, yeah it's pretty much just her tapping her collarbone in different spots and then we found a good loop that we liked and then just kept that going that's amazing that is so yeah. cool and then uh you you uh have i'm curious real quick about this documentary so there's going to be a documentary that kind of goes along with the record the making of the record yeah yeah it's only a, like a 10 minute little like behind the scenes thing of the making yeah the process of the recording and just like some um yeah clips of everyone down south and it's a nice little i watched it the other day it's a nice little like nostalgia trip too to hold on to I think, yeah so, and and revisit every now and then and yeah that's cool and are you going to release that with the record yeah i think i might release it a, maybe a few weeks after the record comes out but um mm-hmm. yeah def- definitely want everyone to to experience that that's so cool man well and I, and I appreciate you taking time to hang out with me today riley it's been awesome ah, that's so good yeah and uh I can't wait for the record. It comes out, I think, uh, what, a week or so? The, a week from yeah, tomorrow, 10th. maybe? Yeah, 10th um, of June. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, you have some shows coming up. I'm, like, And you're giving away a guitar. Did I say you're giving away a guitar on your Instagram? 
Yeah, uh, I don't have it here. It's in a case inside, but um, yeah, it's actually the first guitar that I bought with my own busking money when I started Why are you giving out, that so. away? <laughs> yeah, it's, and I wrote, and I wrote Brave on it. I wrote, I wrote a bunch of songs on that, on that guitar. Um, I, yeah, I, I love, I love the guitar. It's great, but it's one of those things where I think like, I think my time with that guitar has moved on and I think it would be great for someone else to, to maybe, yeah, I, I mean, I hope the person that wins it is a songwriter because it would be nice for them to like maybe get some songs out of it. Yeah. Wow. What a cool, I mean, I, I can't believe you're giving away that guitar. I figured you're like, and then I got this, whatever, you know, at the store and I gave <laughs> this way. But the fact yeah. that you're giving away your actual guitar that you wrote these songs on, that's, I mean, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, it's weird because I, I feel like I am actually a sentimental person, but no, like, I just think it's time for, for, yeah, I don't want like to convince you idea, not like, to, but like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, are yeah. you going to sit? Yeah. Like, how, how, then how do you, how does somebody win it? And like, how are you going to choose that? You just got to pre-save this album? Yeah. If you pre-save the album or if you pre-order the vinyl, then you get like 10 extra entries. Um, so yeah, just pe- people doing that and, and then I'll pick, pick someone at random. That's crazy. That's so cool, man. Well, uh, I hope it goes to a good home. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. right on well i again i appreciate your time i have one more yeah, quick question you. uh do you have any advice for aspiring artists um yeah just to just to write heaps like i think it it all comes back to like music it can be it, it, it could, like there's so much information out there it's so easy to be like i don't know torn in different directions i think just focusing on the songs and, and writing and just work on songs and like focus on the things you can control um is a big thing for me and it took me a while to learn um but that's that's probably the advice i would have is 